Thanks for tuning in to Tax Strategy Digest, where we explore the fascinating world of finance. Join us as we dive into the stories, insights, and experiences of experts, thought leaders, and everyday people who are making a difference in this field. Through engaging conversations and thought-provoking discussions, we'll take a deep dive into the latest research, trends, and innovations shaping finance. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn something new on this journey here with us. Welcome to this episode of Tax Strategy Digest. Today, our guest is Alex Koinoff, who helps retail professionals plan for their futures. Alex is the founder of ATK Financial Prosperity, the only financial planning company that specifically focuses on retail leaders. Alex, thanks so much for joining me on the episode today. Thanks for having me, Paul. I'm excited. I'm excited as well. So tell us, Alex, tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, it's a it's a long one, but I'll keep it short. So I've been in the financial services for, I want to say 16 years now, uh, mostly focused on institutional investors. So I did a lot of financial reporting and accounting, you know, accounting the, the fun stuff um, for financial portfolios, investment portfolios, so pension funds, 401ks. And Eventually, I found my way towards personal finances. It's something that I've been interested for about 10 years now. I've done a lot of personal uh, financial planning for just for ourselves, for my family. And then in through our personal planning 2021, um, I came to a point in life where I could technically take a risk and start my own company. And at the time, I didn't know what that was going to be. And I'm sure that we're going to go into deeper of how I chose you know, to open up my firm. Um, but yeah, so in 2021, my wife came to me and was like, hey, I remember 10 years ago when you said you wanted to start your own company and, you know, just like with everything. Oh yeah, I did say that, right? But, you know, 2021 was an interesting year for everybody with COVID and everything that was happening. So I just kind of brushed it off and told her, I'll come back to it at some point. But some unique events happened in 2022 that, you know, push me forward to say, you know what, that's what I'm going to do. And that's how my journey started um, to set up my own firm. Awesome. And what, what drove you to start your own firm? I mean, obviously there was kind of the option then as well, where you could have gone and you could have joined a larger firm. What, what made you want to do things on your own? Really? I just wanted full control. I mean, one of the things that you know, even from my personal finances, I value control and it's not control, you know, in the sense of, you know, I want to be a control freak. No, I want to have control over my time and, you know, time freedom is a big thing for me. And at the same time, you know, having been in the financial services, you know, just like with any industry, there's the things you like, there's the things that you don't like. And I really did not want to risk somebody else telling me how to run my own firm, how to structure my prices, who to, you know, who I can focus on and, you know, pretty much and have no, you know, nobody telling me, Hey, you need to sell so many of these investments or you have to meet any quotas, right? I wanted full control and it was a bit riskier. You know, I'm pretty sure that my life would be a little bit calmer if I started with a bigger firm, but you know, at the end of the day, I had the option too, and I decided to just pull the trigger um, and just go completely solo. And I know you had a little bit of a prior experience in sort of the corporate world. Um, how has that impacted where you are today and your knowledge today um, working on your own? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good question. And I think 
everybody should take the time to do an inventory of all the skills that you've acquired over time. And when I was deciding, you know, to start my firm and how to set it up, um, I did that exercise and it was amazing how much you actually know, but just because, you know, life gets busy, you don't really think about it. Um, so, you know, yes, dealing with institutional investors is slightly different than de dealing with individuals, right? But the processes, the operational piece of it, the analysis, um, the structure all comes into place and starting your own company, you you wear many different hats. Um, I think I've worn every hat possible. <laughs> and I think the hardest one right now is being a marketing executive for my own firm. But you know, that's a skill that I don't have much exposure to from before. But I am getting better at it every day, you know, learn as you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I've done in corporate, I've actually transitioned to my to my firm. For example, um, I developed my own financial planning dashboard, right? So we have the financial planning software, but I found it to be useful you know, in only certain aspects of financial planning. Usually it focuses more on the future, which is good, right? That's what we're planning. But at the same time, finance is not just about what life is going to look like in 20, 30, 40 years, right? It's hard to imagine, but what about life now, right? And I needed something to tell me how, it, how are my clients doing right now? right? Because behavior is such a huge aspect of financial planning. And, you know, I would even argue that that's 90% of it, right? It's not just the money. And and, it, and it's helped me a lot. Um, and then, you know, and then compliance, just being your own firm, there's a lot of regulatory compliance that I need to follow. And it and it's good, right? I mean, we're in finance dealing with money, we should be regulated. Um, but the good thing is I do have some experience uh, working with auditors. So at least that's giving me structure to, to not hate compliance too much and understand why it's there and it's, and it's valid. It should be there. I agree. No, a hundred percent. And I wanted to jump back. I know you mentioned a little bit about marketing kind of being a, one of the struggles for the hats that you've been wearing. Yeah. Um, what is something that you found that works well that maybe others can take um, from your uh, failures? Yeah, good question. Um, besides not taking marketing classes while you're in college, do that. Um, I wish I did. Um, but honestly, it's just, it, it's a mental game. Um, marketing could take a little bit to start picking up, especially, you know, when you don't know what you're doing, you know, it might be worth spending, investing in yourself and hiring somebody to help you out. I haven't done that yet, but I'm considering it because you know, as some people say, you know, you can pay with time or you can pay with money. And sometimes it's cheaper to pay with money because it's going to save you a lot of struggles and a lot of self-learning. Um, but yeah, don't be afraid to experiment. Um, you know, before I started my firm, I was never on social media from a engagement perspective, posting, you know, I was the person who would scroll down, you know, consume it. But I never liked anything. I don't know why. I always felt like if I like something, somebody would come out of the screen and get me. But as soon as I went live in March, um, I fully embraced LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my platform of choice. And I've been posting, I would I want to say 90% of the time every day um, for the last six months. And it's amazing how the first two weeks you're, you know, a little bit afraid, you know, am I saying the right thing? And you notice that, you know, you kind of get the hang of it. And I don't actually analyze, you know, did I spell this correctly? You know, did I miss a comma? You know, but that was me the first two weeks. I used to analyze it for two hours a post. 
you know <laughs> and but you know now it's getting easier so you know it gets it gets easier just like with everything it does get easier over time and you get used to it how did you overcome that obstacle of you know not over just looking at your your posts i mean how did you just finally one day come to it and say hey i'm just gonna hit post and not worry about what i posted oh man it was a mental game for me and i'm over the analytical anyways um you know which is good from a financial planning perspective right we need to analyze numbers but honestly just the just creating the habit just just saying like hey every morning you know usually i would go on, on linkedin from 7 until 8 30 in the morning every day you know, I just put it in my calendar. Um, you know, I treated it as a job in a way. It's a task that I had to to do. And, and the good thing is it's a fun task. Once you, you know, once you get used to it, you get to meet a lot of um awesome individuals online, you create a lot of connections. So just do it. Um, you know, like that's the best advice I can do. And, and you know, and and I kept telling that to myself, just do it. What's the worst thing that can happen? At the end of the day. And you know, in the beginning, I didn't really have that many connections on LinkedIn. I only had about 580. So I was like, hey, I don't even know half of these people. So if my post bombs completely and I say something funny, I'll never see them, you know. But you know, that that made it a little bit easier. Okay. I like it. I like it. Well, I want to jump back over to uh your your day-to-day, -day, your business. Um, tell me how did you get into specifically focusing on the retail sector? Because like um, like you mentioned before, and and what I was really interested in is you're the only financial planning company that specifically targets retail leaders. Um, how did you decide on retail? Yeah, no, I mean, good question. And, you know, based on my research, I believe I'm the only one because I Googled a lot for days and I could not find any other firm that focuses on retail. But, but yeah, I mean, it goes back to um, my personal life. My wife, she has been in retail for 20 plus years now. So over time, you know, we've been together for 16 years. And, you know, every time she's she's on a conference call or I have to listen to a conversation, you know, like I've learned to speak retail, you know, if there's such a language. And it just made sense to me. Like when I started the idea of having my own firm at the time, you know, I was like, OK, I'm going to work with younger individuals, you know, any anyone from 35 to 55. But then the more I started digging deeper into the you know blogs and articles, everybody suggested, you know, it's makes it a lot easier to work with a specific group one from a marketing perspective but also you start to get you know economies of scale because you can kind of see similar situations um you know financially and you know and it was right in front of me you know we were talking one day on the we were actually taking a walk outside and she was like you know why don't you you know you know me you, you understand the business you know how dynamic the life of a leader is in retail you know the travel all the meetings you know they just don't have time to oversee their finances i mean you know you you get home from a busy day you, you want to spend time with family the last thing you want to do is you know is my budget good um right so i was like you know what well, that makes sense um so yeah so that's how i decided to um focus on retail and you know being the only one that gives me a leg up on everybody i love it and what is your vision for the practice? Um, do you see it as more of a lifestyle practice? Do you want to grow it into something larger? Uh, what's your vision? Yeah, no, I mean, at the moment, um, I definitely see it as a lifestyle practice. Um, my vision is to grow it to about 45 to 50 clients um, based on the processes that I've set up, um, you know, because I do focus on really deep, comprehensive financial planning. I don't think I can do more than 50 
And, you know, it, it kind of fits our long-term financial plan for my family. Um, we are very big on becoming financially independent as early as possible, just to give ourselves options. And that's where the control comes into me. You know, I do want to control my own time as much as possible. And, um, yeah, so I, you know, we plan on traveling a lot, um, as well. And I think having a smaller practice will give me that ability to still serve my clients uh, with quality service, but also gives me the option. And here's the thing. I mean, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in five years. I can plan as much as possible, but let's say there's a huge need. I would not be opposed to growing the firm, but at the moment, my focus is, you know, since I'm a fairly new firm is to get it started, you know, getting it um, where it needs to be from just from fun foundational perspective and then see what happens um, after that. Awesome. And coming from outside the personal finance industry, right? What is something that maybe you would like to change about how you're perceived as a financial advisor? Oh, man, that is a question that I fight every day. Um, the one, well, I'll, I'll talk about a few things, but the first thing is I want everybody to know Financial planning is not just investments and insurance. There's so much more to it. Every every time somebody comes to me and, you know, asks me like, oh, what do you do now? You know, I'm a financial advisor. Oh, what stock should I buy? That is the that's the last question, you know, that comes to my to to me, you know, when it comes to financial planning. There's so much to it. I mean, you know, just even just your day-to-day -day life, everything you do has money involved. You know, you just just a simple grocery store visit, there's money, right? And, you know, I'm not saying that, hey, you need to focus on every single transaction, but at the same time, being organized from a financial perspective does bring a lot of peace of mind. Um, so that's the first one. And the second one is the compensation. I think that within the financial services world, there's so much fighting amongst us, which I think creates a lot of confusion to the end customer you know, the different fee models. And at the end of the day, I understand that some may or may not be better in certain situations. But for me, full transparency at the end of the day is the best pricing model. As long as the client understands how they're getting paid, what they're paying, to me, that's, you know, that's the best. You know, many times, you know, commissions, for example, will get the worst, you know, reputation. But here's the thing, there's products that are needed. Life insurance, for example, you know, most of the time is commission driven. Now, I don't sell anything commission based on my firm, but at the same time, if I go and buy something, you know, especially financial products, as long as you're educated and know why you're buying it and how it fits your overall plan, sometimes you have to pay with commission, right? That's that's just how it's set up. Um, but you know, but either way, I think more education is needed for clients to understand the different models and hopefully we're not making it more confusing by just arguing which one's the best one it, it, you know the way i have my firm set up is very unique to me because it allows me to serve the clients that i'm after right but you might not work for somebody else got it and if someone was to start a financial plan what are maybe two or three things that um, at least in your opinion, should be a non-negotiable uh, to be included in their plan? Good question. Besides investments? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, I think the very first conversation is, you know, and, and I know it's going to sound a little bit cliche, but 
digging deeper into what you want in the future, like what are your financial goals? And, and I know that it sounds, you know, like, oh, you know, like, of course you're going to say that, but, but if you don't truly know what you want to accomplish, how, how do you know how much money you need to save? Right. So for example, let's say we have a conversation say, okay, well, when I'm 55, I want to make sure that I do a European trip for a whole month. I want to be able to take time off. Well, if you're not that specific, how do you know that you need to save, let's say, $50,000 for it, right? You you have to spend the time to truly identify what your goals are and also your values. Uh, because, like I mentioned, finance is really, really behavioral driven. And why do you spend the way you spend, right? Like for us to create a plan, there always has to be a balance of, you know, investing and saving for the future and spending so you can enjoy your life now, right? So you you have to truly understand, um, you know, what your values are so you can create that intentional spending plan. I try not to use the B word, budget. Every time I say it, everybody runs out. Um, but, you know, it doesn't have to be restrictive, right? A budget is not, you cannot spend money. It's just that, hey, I'm being intentional and I'm going to spend money on the stuff that matters to me, that brings me joy. Um, so, you know, so to me, that's one of the first things that you need to do. And then, you know, usually um, I create a financial snapshot. So when somebody comes to me as a new client, you know, we go through the onboarding process, you know, we, we go through the questions, but also seeing where are you right now, right? Like, what is your net worth? Um, how are your expenses? Um, because we have to know where are you so we can start planning, right? Like, what what, what do we have to work with in the beginning? And, you know, what strategies um, do we have to implement to either get you out of debt, for example, or how do we structure investments? Um, so to me, those are the first two main things that I usually look at in the beginning. And what are some of the maybe harder conversations that you're currently having with um, either clients or potential future clients that they're asking you and you have your answer, right? But maybe they just don't like it and there's nothing that you can do to change it. Yeah. I mean... You know, and, and and I had a post about this, um, I think it was like two weeks ago, is overall my job is not to tell you, hey, you cannot buy this. My job is to tell you, hey, if you do this, based on what you told me your goals are, what your plan is, here's how that's going to impact that plan, right? It's up to you to make the decision. Um, you know, we're everybody, you know, we're all adults, um, you know, but my job is to give you enough information so you can make an informed decision, right? And then help you go through the pros and cons of that decision, right? If, you know, if you, you know, let's say you buy, you want to buy a sports car, that's fine. You know, here's the analysis, here's that's going to impact your future. Um, you know, you could end up being like, you know what, you should definitely buy the sports car. Like it's not going to make an impact. And if it makes you happy, go ahead. You know, like it's not my job to tell you don't do it. Um, I love cars. I'm planning on buying a sports car in 2026, right? It's in my plan. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I help you make decisions um, smarter, right? Like I provide you with the data, um, you know, so the conversation, you know, I try to not have hard conversation because I'm telling you, know, I'm, you're making the decision. I'm just giving you the data. You can make it on your own and I give you the impact, whether it's good or bad. I like that. So, That's pretty cool. Yep. And do you have any current projects you're working on? I think you mentioned to me about a blog or article post. Could you talk about that? Um, yes. Yeah, so it's part of my ever evolving marketing strategy, which is always moving. Um, but I do want to 
start my blog. I do, you know, I, I do have a blog on my website, but it only has two articles. You know, it was just me in the beginning. Honestly, mostly trying the functionality of the blog platform itself, not me writing anything um, profound. But, you know, on LinkedIn, you know, the post you want to keep entertaining, you want to keep short, you know, you cannot really dive too deep into topics. And I think there's a lot of value in reading a blog. Um, you know, I've learned a lot of information from blogs. Um, I, you know, I read blogs all the time just to keep up with all of the different rules and everything that changes in the industry. Um, but that that's, um, you know, I really want to commit to at least once one a month um, at start. I don't want to say I'm going to do one every week. You know, life happens. Um, but, if you know, that that's my goal is from a marketing perspective is to, you know, dive deeper, provide a little bit more value. Um, and I really want to do from a blog perspective, case studies, right? Examples like, you know, here's a situation, here's how we went about it, just because it's more engaging and it provides a different perspective for potential clients or anybody to just read it. Oh, okay. That sounds similar to me. Um, you know, it's something worth considering or researching more. Awesome. And Alex, uh, as we start to get wrapped up here, I want to ask you, what is your why? Why do you do what you do? Yeah, I mean, good question. Um, you know, like the reason why I opened up my firm is my personal experience. Uh, my in-laws came to me and they in 2022 and asked for help. Um, they were being forced to retire. And, you know, when your in-laws come to you, um, you know, especially with money, you know, you're always like, okay, what's going to happen? But, you know, we sat down, we spent over a weekend. And it was a very interesting experience. It was, um, you know, pretty much what made it the deciding factor of that I want to open up my firm. I knew I want to start the business. And that was basically what showed me what type of business I'm going to have. Um, and it gave me the perception of, hey, there's a lot of value in proactive planning. And I don't want other people to experience what my in-laws experienced when they were forced to retire. So my why is to do just that. I, I want you to succeed with your finances, but I, and I don't want you to get to retirement, you know, whatever that might be, you know, 60, 65, 70, and look back with regret. I should have done this. I could have done this. And now I have to suffer the consequences throughout my retirement. It's not a pleasant place to be. And, um, you know, it is very, um, you know, you, you can definitely balance um, living your life now and at the same time, saving for the future. Perfect. Well, Alex, um, what is the best way someone's listening right now? They want to reach out to you. Maybe they're a retail professional. Um, what's the best way they can give you a uh, either email, call, LinkedIn? What is it? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, LinkedIn is um, pretty, probably the best uh, way to reach me right now. That's where I'm active the most um, at Alex Coinoff. I'm just, um, you know, even if you Google my name, LinkedIn usually is the first one to pop up. Awesome. Awesome. So LinkedIn and uh, Alex, thanks so much. I really appreciate your time. I had a blast getting to talk to you, getting to know you a little bit better. And uh, thanks again. Yep. Likewise. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it.